0: name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Two words are among the most poisonous, insidious, and debilitating words you can say. Two little words, and the best laid plans crumble away into dust. Two little words asking one simple question. What if? What if the stock market crashes and you lose your pension? What if your car gets into an accident or breaks down and you can't afford to fix it? What if food prices keep going up? What if inflation doesn't stop? What if gas goes back up to five, six, seven dollars a gallon? What then? What if you lose everything and end up hungry and homeless at the side of the road? Who will care for you then? Who will love you? Will your friends stick by, or will they avert their eyes as they drive on by, not wanting to associate themselves with one such as you? What, or will anyone care for you, or will you die, cold, hungry, and alone? What if? Two little words, one simple question, and a whole lot of fear. The fear of losing everything you have. Whether this fear is over accidents, a stock market crash, inflation, a rising cost of food, it's all about that fundamental fear of losing the things you have to your name. Now this fear, this anxiety is built into the world. As you scroll through social media, you'll come across some clickbait article or another that says something like, top 10 things you're doing wrong with your money you won't believe, number four. So you click on it, of course. You don't want to do the wrong thing with your money. And after you've clicked through an endless stream of the article, it's really boiled down to a lot of what if questions. What if your money's in the wrong place? What if you have too much invested in one spot? What if? And of course, now that you've clicked on one of those articles, whatever social media platform you use, the all-knowing algorithm will slowly feed you more and more and more. And you will see more and more and more what-if questions every day. Now, as you're scrolling through social media, or flipping through the channels on the TV, or watching YouTube, or really just existing in this world that we have, you'll come across some advertising. Advertising, too, is based on fear. Pretty much all ads boil down to this. Our product is way better than everyone else's. It's cheaper, it lasts longer, it has a better better warranty. It will keep your family safe. I'm not so sure about what the other guy's product will do to you. But then you go and you listen to an ad from the other guys, and they say the same thing about their product and the same thing about the first companies. And so when you finally make a decision, when you pick out from the myriad of options what it is you're going to buy, you get home having spent your hard-earned money, and you see an ad for a competitor's product. And the question that ad wants you to ask is, what if I made the wrong decision? Will my children be okay? Will my family be safe? Will this product last as long as it says it will? so, yet again, you are asked the what-if question. That evening, you turn on the news. Now, the news, the news, dear friends, is a great peddler of fear. The news anchor sits there very calmly reading out that inflation is up, food prices are up, and crime is on the rise. Stay tuned after the break when we talk to an expert who says that things could be worse and that tomorrow they probably will be. So you stay tuned. You want to know. You want to protect you and your family. You don't want the worst to happen to you, so you stay tuned and you listen. You want to be well-informed. And so you've been asked again these what-if questions. What if it happens to you? What if a thief breaks in and steals? What if the stock market crashes and you lose your pension? after being hounded day in and day out by these what-if questions, you go to bed. And that night you lie awake instead of sleeping. And instead of these questions being asked of you, you begin to ask, what if? What if food prices keep going up? What if inflation doesn't stop? What if I can't afford to feed my family? What if my car breaks down and I can't afford to fix it? What if I lose everything? and end up hungry and homeless at the side of the road. So with the fear that these what-if questions has instilled in you, you go to the experts. After all, no one person can really understand the ins and outs of the economy and the market. So you have to go to the ones who know. You have to read the blog posts, talk to the financial experts. You have to follow all of their advice to try and prevent the worst from happening to you, because truth be told, you know in your heart that even if you do everything right, the market could still turn on you. You could still lose everything, even if you follow all the advice. The market, after all, moves in mysterious ways. The market giveth, and the market taketh away. So in this way, all of your seeking after experts, all of your looking at spreadsheets, all the scientific analysis of our great and powerful modern age really becomes almost the same thing as the pagans of old making sacrifices so that rain would fall on their crops. They went to the priests, the wise men, and the sages to know which sacrifices to make at which time so that their god would not turn their wrath upon them. Now you today, you go and you look the spreadsheets. You go and you talk to the experts, the financial gurus. They may not be priests, but they are the wise men of our generation. And they tell us which sacrifices of money to make, where to burn it, at which altars we should go to, to try and stave off disaster. The pagans made sacrifices for rain. You make sacrifices for a windfall. And before you even realize it, The market has indeed become your God. Soon work has become the object of your worship. Investment portfolios have become your scripture. Read the Bible. Go to church. Who has time for that? Don't you know? Time is money. And money, money is everything. Give to someone who needs it? Why would I do that? The market has already decreed they shouldn't have and I should. And besides, if I give them money... I'm going to have less for myself. I need to keep a tight fist around my money bag because I don't know what tomorrow holds. And in just such a way, Satan has snatched the souls of many. Beware the what if question, dear Christians. It is exactly this danger and this question that Jesus had in mind when he said to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Now, if Jesus had stopped there, it really would sound like a meaningless platitude, not a real answer to someone struggling with these what-if questions. It really sounds like something you'd read on the back of a self-help book in the bottom of the bin at Goodwill. It's not helpful. What, I'm worrying so I should just stop? But Jesus doesn't stop there. He keeps going. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? All of these worries and what if questions don't actually do anything. All these sacrifices to the false God of the market don't matter. And you know this. You know this on a fundamental level. You know the market can still turn on those who have made all the right decisions. So why do you still worry? ultimately you worry because these things are outside of your control you look to yourself for power you're a good american you want to pull yourself up by your bootstraps drag yourself from rags to riches by the sweat of your own brow just by the virtue of hard work but that's not the gospel that jesus is preaching today consider the lilies how they grow they neither toil nor spin yet i tell you Even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? How much more, dear Christians? How much more indeed? God takes care of you. In the midst of your fear, in the midst of your doubting, in the midst of your little faith, God takes care of you. Unlike the self-help book, God actually answers your what-if questions. What if I lose everything, you say? God says, I will take care of you. I will take care of everything that you need for this body and life. So Jesus goes on and says, And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek His kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Security in this world is no security at all. Advertising promises safety, but those promises are false. There are no guarantees. If you read the fine print, you know that to be true. And unlike the market, which is a cold and uncaring false god, our God is our heavenly Father. Our God cares. He will give you what it is that you need. Now, if you have children, you know that the father's idea of what the child needs is not the same as the child's idea of what the child needs. Ice cream for dinner is almost always a very bad idea, but you're going to have a really hard time convincing your six-year-old of that. And it's the same way with God. God is our Heavenly Father, and He will take care of us. He will give us what we need, not necessarily what it is we want. God took care of Israel during their wanderings in the wilderness. They had complaint after complaint about the manna and the quail that He gave them. So maybe those what-ifs do come true. Maybe the market crashes and you lose your pension. Maybe your car breaks down. Maybe food and gas and all the cost of living prices just keep going up and up and up. But God will take care of you. Your Father will take care of you. He takes care of the birds and the lilies of the field. How much more will He take care of you? He promises to take care of all of your bodily needs. he also promises much more than that he promises to take care of your soul what shall you eat what shall you drink earthly food and drink certainly but jesus answers that question for you eternally when he says take eat this is my body take drink this is my blood given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins what shall you wear god promises he will provide you with clothing But eternally, he promises, you will wear my robe of righteousness that I gave you in baptism. God's care for us is eternal. And so on your last day, on the day of your death, when you've eaten your last food, drank your last drink, and your flesh grows cold as your soul departs, on that very day, you will be well fed and warm. For your soul was nourished on the true food and drink that Jesus gave, and it will be wrapped in the warm robe of Christ's righteousness that he gave you in your baptism. God's care for you isn't just from cradle to grave. He cares for you from conception into eternity. And so that's why Jesus says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. God works through people. Often when he provides us with all we need for this body and life, he does so through the hands of others. So if you see someone in need, help them. God will use your hands to do his fatherly work. Though your hands may be unworthy, God will still use them. You don't have to be afraid that you're going to have less by giving away to another person, for God promises to take care of you. So fear not, little flock. Your treasure is fast and secure in the heavens with God, your Father. No thief Moth or devil will break in, destroy, or snatch your heavenly treasures away from His hands. For God's promises to eternity are sure. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guard and keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We
1: rise to confess our faith. Lord, unite God of his Father before all worlds. God of God. Light of light. Very God of very God. Begotten, not made. Being among the of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made. Who, for us men, and for our salvation, came down from heaven. And was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary. And was made man. Who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I, being one holy Christian and solid church, I acknowledge on baptism for remission of sins, and I The current state member Sean Shawna Miller, the Lord's daughter, has six back issues. Roxanne Thomas, battled cancer. Philip Hall, Alex Shaw's brother, had a stroke. Jackson Hetrick, a great nephew of Ross Farmer, was born prematurely and struggled with health issues. For the family of Richard Hesse, the Legons brother-in-law who died this last week. And for the family of Richard Gosselin, a former member who died recently. Also, Bobby Green, Anna Green, one of our child care workers, brother-in-law. Bobby's dying of cancer. And Doug Herbert has been hospitalized with severe back pain. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For faith in the wise and gracious will of God and power to turn from false belief in our own plans and natural powers, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For your church on earth and by the seed of Father Abraham, our Lord Jesus Christ, you be defended against the assaults and temptation of the adversary, and that by your Holy Spirit your people would live under righteousness in Christ and shine like stars in heaven forever and ever. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For Christian fathers, with faith like Abraham, who prize the gift of their children and work in their lives for the good of the generations yet unseen, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For rulers to be granted wisdom to know how small and fleeting their reigns are, and that they would would rule in loving service to those in their charge. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those in the midst of tribulation, especially Sean, Roxanne, Philip, Jackson, Bobby, and Doug, that they would cast their anxieties upon God, our Heavenly Father, who cares for them in body and soul. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For your Holy Spirit, and your servants recline at your table this day. Will be enlightened by your word as a lamp unto their feet, being dressed in readiness for the coming of the Son of Man, both now and in the end of days. Even as he girds himself to serve them with his body and blood. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, for comfort for all who mourn, especially the family of Richard Hess and Richard Bosworth and for faith to follow the godly example of those who have gone before us in our of Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. And Lord, have mercy. In your hands, O oh Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, knowing that you will hear the prayers of your people and answer us with your mercy, providing all things needful and beneficial to us through Jesus Christ our Lord.